Hi there, and welcome to the very first episode of Out There, a cryptid podcast. My name is Josh, and I'll be here every week to dive deep into a cryptid. The reason I wanted to create this podcast is because I'm truly addicted to cryptids. Recently, my mom found a flyer that I must have made when I was in the fourth grade, and it was titled Weird Club. I wanted to create a club where I could meet some friends who wanted to gather and talk about cryptids. Well, that didn't really happen, so I thought, with the power of the internet, why not try again? So consider this your flyer. Welcome to the Weird Club. Each week I will be coming out with a new episode focused on a cryptid that I find super fascinating and weird. So uh, the Weird Club segment of the show will be at the end of the episode, after I've explained the cryptid and some sightings. I'll be joined by someone new every week to initiate them into the club and discuss the cryptid covered in the episode. We'll discuss possible theories, and especially we'll get to hear what our new inductee thinks of the cryptid. For any of you skeptics out there listening, thank you. But also, I want you to know that I have and will always look for all the possible explanations for what a cryptid could be. Maybe just a misidentification, or maybe just a trick of the mind, or maybe even just a tall tale that has been passed from generation to generation. We are on Instagram, at OutThereCryptids, so make sure to follow and tell all of your thoughts on the cryptids we cover, and maybe send some suggestions you'd like to hear. For every episode, I will be creating a post with a sketch of the cryptid, plus any videos or pictures I mention in the episode. I am so excited for this episode, not only because it's the first episode, but because it's a cryptid I have been obsessed with for years. But before that, let me start by explaining what a cryptid is. According to Merriam-Webster, a cryptid is an animal, such as Sasquatch or the Loch Ness Monster, that has been claimed to exist, but never proven to exist. Now, cryptids don't have to be supernatural or mythical beings. Although many of them are, some cryptids have actually become documented animals. For example, the Anasa, which was referred to as the African Unicorn, is now the known and well-documented mammal, the Okabe. It's the horse-looking animal with zebra legs. But back in the 1800s, people reported seeing this horned creature roaming the Congo forests in Africa. Then... In 1901, a British explorer documented the creature, and it became the beloved Okapi that it is today. I tell you this to show you that some of these cryptids might not be known to science right now, but maybe one day they will get documented and join the animal families they belong in. Today, we are talking about the Thunderbird. This creature has been reported for years, and when I say years, I mean like from when humans first inhabited the Earth. Years. Thunderbirds are giant birds of prey, reportedly the size of small airplanes, with a wingspan that ranges from 15 to 20 feet. They got their names because legend says it sounds like thunder when they flap their massive wings. I mean, I'm scared of pigeons, so I can't even imagine seeing a thunderbird. They have been seen throughout different parts of North America, like Colorado, New Mexico, Utah, but they've also been seen in northern states like Alaska and even Illinois. I'm going to talk about eyewitness stories from two parts of Illinois, Colorado, and even Ontario, Canada. But before we dive into those, let's discuss the origin of Thunderbird. In Native American folklore, the Thunderbird symbolized a sacred god of the sky. They had the power to give and even take lives. But with this, they promised to protect the natives from other creatures and monsters that roam the earth. If you have ever seen a totem pole, most of the time there is a bird either on top or somewhere amongst the other carvings, 
and that is the great Thunderbird. The Thunderbird was and still is revered by many tribes. Along with this, some tribes believe that the Thunderbird brought storms with them, which can be taken in either a positive or a negative way. Positive, because the rain kept crops and plants growing and provided water for drinking and bathing. But negatively, the storms can be destructive and dangerous. While some tribes believe the Thunderbird to be godlike, others thought it was just another powerful member of the animal kingdom. There are different stories about these giant birds throughout the tribes, like the Winnebago in now Oklahoma, and Manomi in Wisconsin, and, and many more. These stories range from a protector to a spiritual guide. Now, before I get to eyewitness stories, I want to talk about something. There are a couple of very fascinating pictures and stories that have been linked to the Thunderbird that I personally think fit into a whole other category of cryptids, which I'm going to save for a future episode. These pictures show what looks to be a prehistoric dinosaur, like a pterodactyl. I'm going to do a whole episode, probably more than one, on a dinosaur that may have somehow escaped extinction, because there have been a ton of sightings throughout the world of various different dinosaurs. Now, let's dive into some stories. July 25th, 1977, Lawndale, Illinois. The Lowe's family was having a summer dinner outside of their home. As Ruth Lowe is cleaning up in the kitchen, she hears a blood-curdling scream from outside, the kind of scream no mother wants to hear. She knows it was the scream of her ten-year-old son, Marlon. She drops everything she's doing and runs outside to see what is wrong. Nothing could have prepared her for what she saw. Two giant birds flying in an attack position chasing her son. They were trying to grab him with their massive talons and bite him with their sharp beaks. Ruth sprints out to save her son. Right when she begins to run, the larger of the two birds grab Marlin's shirt by the shoulders and lift him into the air. Marlin was around 55 pounds, so you can imagine the sheer strength this bird must have had. But nothing could stop Ruth from saving her son. She started attacking the birds, hitting them with her shoes and throwing whatever she could find on the ground to make them leave her son alone. After carrying him for over 30 feet, they finally dropped him and gave up the pursuit. Marlin landed on the ground, and Ruth checked to make sure he wasn't severely injured. They immediately got in the car to tell the police what had just happened. The Lowe's run into the precinct and tell the police about the attack, and the officers just laugh at them. This is Ruth's statement to the police. It had a white ring around its half-foot-long neck. The rest of the body was very black. The bird's bill was six inches in length and hooked at the end. The claws on the feet were arranged with three front, one in the back. Each wing less the body was four feet at the very least. The entire length of the bird's body, from beak to tail feather, was approximately four and a half feet. Unfortunately, the police weren't the only ones who thought this tale was just that. A tale made up for attention or popularity. Soon the rest of the town got word of the attack and didn't believe it either. Marlin started being called Bird Boy, and people would even throw dead pigeons on the Lowe's porch. People thought this was a hoax, and if it was, the reaction didn't go the way the family probably hoped it would. The Lowe's family became completely outcasts of the town. 
Only a couple days later, a man named John A.J. Huffer, also known as Texas John Huffer, may have seen the same birds that attacked Marlin, but this time he caught it on camera. On the morning of July 30th, 1977, Huffer and his son, Jason, set out for a fishing trip on Lake Shelbyville, about an hour and a half south of the Lowe's house. According to Huffer's report, they spotted two very large birds sitting in a tree. Huffer got his 16mm camera and honked his boat horn, which startled the birds, and they took flight. Huffer claims the birds were black, with a wingspan of up to 18 feet for the larger bird, and 14 for the smaller of the two. Some scientists believe the video just shows two already existing birds, and that is exactly what the Department of Conservation said. They claim that the video is of two turkey vultures. The thing is, some wildlife experts claim that turkey vultures could not be that large, and also there is something unique about the tail feathers in the video. It looks like the tail feathers are in a long straight back pattern, almost like a rectangle. But turkey vultures' tails are in a more crescent pattern, like most known birds. Either way, it had people stumped for sure, and there really hasn't been a definitive identification for the video. I have two more stories that are much more recent and happened in other parts of North America. This is from 2008 in Golden, Colorado, which is right outside of Denver. The story is from a man who identifies himself as Kirk. He says that he witnessed a large flying thunderbird riding the lead edge of a thunderstorm that was coming out of Clear Creek Canyon. It tried to grab a turkey vulture in midair, barely missing. He said that the vulture was about four to six feet across, so and that the thunderbird he saw must have had a wingspan of up to 48 to 72 feet. He says the thing was immense. He calls the Colorado Division of Wildlife, and they try to dismiss it, but Kirk says that he has seen it in broad daylight, gliding, never having to flap its wings. Now, this next story is from Reddit, so believe what you want to. I think it is really interesting and very detailed. It was posted about three months ago. They go on to say that they are from Canada, in the city of Mississauga, which is in Ontario. The story is from December of 2011. Around 2 a.m., this person, their brother, and a friend were smoking on the porch of their apartment building. They saw a large black mass on top of a tree near their apartment. Of course, it's the middle of the night, so it was hard for them to see anything, but they could make out what seemed to be a very large bird. Now, it's 2011, so camera phones weren't as amazing as they are now, but they tried to zoom in and were left with an unclear photo. So they ran downstairs to get under the tree to see if they could get a better look. They got about five feet from the tree when the bird let out a loud screech. They say the sound was so intimidating and loud that it sounded like an eagle on steroids, but much deeper and sharper in terms of pitch. Apparently, the bird was black with some red feathers on the face, with a wingspan of at least 16 feet and around 10 feet tall. They go on to say how lucky they were to have had two other people there to see the same thing as them so they could all share that experience. Could Thunderbird have adapted so that they could remain unseen in the dark of night? Our first edition of Weird Club is with my friend Kayla. She is a singer, actress, dancer from New York, and she is also a personal trainer with her own Instagram account. 
dedicated to her fitness life. Make sure to go follow her, at K underscore M fit. Now, I want to apologize for my audio. Of course, my computer decided not to cooperate, so please forgive me. Okay, so Kayla, you have you have heard the stories, you have seen some pictures, you've seen the video. What what do you think? Like what are your thoughts? My thoughts off the bat are, you know, some stories with cryptids and stuff like that. Some of them I feel like once it starts spreading around, other people just pick up on it. So For that sure. one with the guy who said that it was in the middle of a thunderstorm, crazy big. <laughs> I think that one might have been feeding off of the lore of it all. But since it does go back to um, Native Americans and stuff like that, it makes me want to believe it a little bit. So I feel like there's some right. truth and there's some <laughs> yeah. other stuff. And I, I always think that, like, you know, in Native American folklore, it had to have been rooted somewhere because they were, they were here before anybody was. So, mm-hmm. and they lived off of, with the land, off of the land. So, you know, they're, they're claiming to see something that, they are saying is not a regular bird i am inclined to believe that they do know what a bird looks like so i i'm i don't know maybe maybe it's just part of their legends or their, their stories to like tell their kids um so yeah but i i agree i mean the one him riding a, a storm is a little too on the nose for me as well but and also 72 feet is a yeah like, that's not that would draw some other attention like he would not have been the only person like telling people right. about this yeah like, everybody someone else would have like, said something there's a plane in that sky so <laughs> yeah and even because like some people claim that thunderbird is just you know a, a turkey vulture or another vulture or even like an eagle that is massive so basically the largest species of of eagle slash bird um known in the planet is the stellar sea eagle which is um the brown bird that I sent you a picture of mm-hmm. um and it's like it is a massive eagle that yeah. you know, the person standing next to it massive eagle um, for sure <laughs> but it's only native in Russia Korea and Japan um so you know that's not where a thunderbird is being sighted and also yeah. even if it did migrate over I feel like it wouldn't leave Alaska Canada area um just because of it's like the similarities between Russia and that climate climate there. wise um right but um but even even so people almost every every claim of thunderbird says that it's a black bird and sometimes with red on it but the stellar's eagle is clearly brown brown and white and has these bright yellow talons and, and a beak that i feel like if people were seeing they would have said something about that i feel like that's that's something that you can't mistake it's a defining feature and the fact that multiple people have said it's one color also lends me to believe that there's some truth in it yeah you know like the similarities and stories are always things that i'm drawn to because you know everyone has their own accounting of things but if there's certain traits and features that are popping up everywhere it's like all right they're all seeing something i don't know if it's a thunderbird but you're all seeing the same kind of bird right exactly so and and that's that's kind of a big thing about cryptids in general is that and one thing that i find super fascinating about cryptids is even when you look back on tales of sea monsters and such, um, how were people in ancient Japan talking about the same thing that, you know, Vikings in Iceland were seeing when they had never communicated before? 
Yep. Um, that is a, a little piece of truth to hold on to rather than the 72 feet <laughs> riding a thunderstorm. Um, in America, the biggest bird, um, or at least in North America, the biggest bird known um, is the California condor. But they only have up to nine, well, not only, nine feet is still a lot of <laughs> feet for feet. a bird. And they are masterful soars, according to the Cornell Lab of All Birds website. And they rarely have to flap their wings, which does lend to the legend of them gliding through the air. And it's, it's a vulture, so, you know, it does have black feathers with some white on them. So, you know, I think maybe, but, uh, but even then, like, the ones that people are seeing must be on steroids or something. Nine feet is very different than the 16 feet people are claiming to see. Oh, but also you can't, like, when things are up in the sky, you can't really gauge a, a wingspan exactly. You know what I'm saying? You just go, oh, that's big. Because you see a plane and it looks teeny up soaring however many thousand miles above the ground. So maybe that's where the differences are lying is because you can't really gauge it. Like, no one's standing up there with a ruler to exactly, right, exactly. It, gliding through the sky. And- yeah, and that's the biggest argument against Thunderbird is that how, how can you tell how big something is in the air when there's nothing to compare it to? Because even looking in the air, there could be a crow up in the sky and crows mm-hmm. aren't that big. And I'm terrified. <laughs> so that might but, be it. And then even like, you know how we talk about believing in American legends and stuff. Well, some tribes explain that Thunderbird isn't a real bird. Some tribes say that there is no physical form. Well, because it could also just be someone, like, using that picture or creating those cartoons as a mascot for the spirit. You know what I'm saying? Like, giving a physical manifestation to the legends and all that kind of stuff. And since we're talking about the Native Americans, if someone did see a Thunderbird, those tribes that say that there is a physical aspect to it, maybe it's just a bird that they hadn't identified that we later call the California condor. Because you know what I'm saying? We don't don't know what names they call things. It could have just been a new bird. And they're like, that looks like thunder to me. And that's how that came about. So you never really know also. (laughs) So they have been here. I mean, people have been living on Earth for billions of years at this point. Well, actually, I could be wrong about that, so don't quote me. But um, a lot of years. A long Um, time. (laughs) A long, long time. Um, And so maybe the legend spurs from when prehistoric creatures still walked Hmm. the Earth. um, Because there was a bird called the Teratorn. Um, which was the picture I sent you of that big gray um, mm-hmm. looking vulture thing um, next to the, like next to the human size. Um, and Whoa. yeah, and it's massive, like it's a massive yeah. bird, but they have found fossils with human um, remains as well. So they know that they were alive at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, basically what they say about Teratorn is that um, it could have had like a 12 foot wingspan and it was believed to have lived in New Mexico or the other like southern regions of North America. And it was double the weight of a California condor. And uh, it could take off without having to flap its wings, um, which is, you know, like a lot of what people are saying. Checking all the boxes, yeah. Right. Apparently it was covered in black feathers with either red feathers or red skin on the face, which is what the Reddit user said they saw. So maybe, you know, maybe Teratorn escaped extinction or um, didn't go extinct like scientists believe in. There's like a very small population of them. Or maybe still there were drawings or stories like left behind and then adopted. And right. they saw a big bird one day and they're like, that must be what those people were talking about. Meanwhile, they were talking about this giant dinosaur type bird instead. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't really know. Right. I mean, I also am a big person to believe that 
creatures survive extinction. I mean, I don't know if it's just because I want to believe that or, you know, like I want to believe that there's a velociraptor like running. Just chilling, just hanging out. In the desert. Yeah, of course. Which people have claimed to see, which I'll do in another episode. So, um, (laughs) but, you know, so maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe it survived extinction or maybe you're right. Maybe that's what Native Americans saw back in the day. And now people are just like taking when it was true and being like, oh my gosh, a crow, that's the Thunderbird. And people are like, well, no, you know. not quite. That's not what it says. (laughs) Right, exactly. Because, I mean, the, the, the biggest thing for me is that, especially when they're in the sky, it's just, I don't know, I don't know how you can estimate how large anything is. Maybe that's just because I have a terrible perception of measurements and stuff. Same. But, <laughs> that's on but, depth perception. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I maybe wasn't wearing my glasses that day. Um, but nonetheless, I don't know. It just, it just seems, it seems odd that, especially like the Colorado story, that he could be like, so the vulture was four to six feet, which means that the Thunderbird was the 78 feet like i I just that he's that random guy in the textbook using math and like in real life like no one's using geometry you can't measure you don't know you don't have a protractor but yeah i just (laughs) feel like (laughs) yeah he's like hold on let me take notes um actually my drawing says but i like to believe that things survive extinction but i think for me the things that i believe survived extinction are things that are underwater because those oh, things could live sure. in the depths of the ocean for millions and billions of years. But if we're talking mm-hmm. about things that are flying up in the sky, you know, with ozone changing and air right. quality changing, I'm, I'd be surprised to say that something survived above ground for this long after extinction. Right. And, and like, you know, there's deforestation. And also, I mean, there's like, even the most remote parts of Colorado and such, there are still people living there. So mm-hmm. you'd think... And especially now with, with everybody having a camera basically in their pocket, like a professional camera basically in their pocket, you'd think that there'd be even more sightings now than there were before. And yet, they've tapered you know, off, I mean, which is weird. Yeah, like when I was looking, there weren't that many claims that from her now and there weren't that many videos or anything besides the one from 1977, which is a long time ago. And, even and it would have been I mean, all like, over, like, social media or something, too. Like, that would have blown yeah. up, like, nobody's business in the time of social media. So there's no yeah. way that... I mean, like, I still think that Thunderbird could be out there. But <laughs> I think there are some stories that are, are pretty compelling. Like, the Reddit one, although it's from Reddit, you know, right? <laughs> it's super detailed. So, like, even if it is fake, they should, they need to write a book or something. Because that was good. I was entertained. Um, I was definitely along for the story. <laughs> yeah, right? But... Um, I, yeah, I don't know. And and even with, with the whole in Illinois, I think the 1977 thing is, is really, what kind of coincidence is it that like five days later, a guy claims to catch two birds on camera after, you know, a boy was just picked up by birds? Was that in a similar region? I can't remember. Yeah, it's literally like two hours south. And that was a time before like social media and all that stuff. So even if that made their local newspaper, there's no way... Well, there might be a way someone could have carried the story, but right. what are the odds that someone in 1977 also saw? So that's what I'm saying. There's definitely some truth to it. And I feel like yeah. I'm more inclined to believe that one because it was a mother who saw her son get taken. 
So if you have more than one person seeing the same thing and telling the same story, it's kind of interesting to me that both of them would be lying or missaw something. Because I feel like if if me and my friend saw something and they said, oh, it was 11 feet, I'd be like, no, it it was four. Like if they were being dramatic or something (laughs) like that. But if they're both like, no, this thing was massive, it carried a small child. Like I'm I'm more inclined to think that, oh, yeah, this thing was not small. Right. (laughs) For sure. I mean, and, and that's, and I think that's like the, the biggest um, belief for me is that, you know, especially, especially in the, in the family one, if it was a hoax, it did not turn out the way that they had planned because no, I'm they sure were, like, they did not bullied. Look at pigeons. I doubt they right. wanted pigeons on their front door. Like, I think they right. would have been like, just kidding, guys. It was a yeah. hoax. <laughs> and, and I mean, like people hoax all the time. Like, oh, definitely. That is, for attention for popularity um some some hoaxes are better than others um and even some like i mean for all we know like any of these stories could be hoaxes too so but i think that there's 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 some weight in this one but even then you know again like we talked about it could have just been from another time that has been carried on or it could have been a wise tale that they told their kids so that they wouldn't go running off by themselves like a boogeyman type story but Nonetheless, I want to believe that they're out there somewhere. And I think there is some evidence to make it so we can't rule it out, I guess. Yeah, I wouldn't say that I'm going to rule it out because, one, I don't like to be wrong. So if I said definitively that it didn't exist, then if Mm -hmm. it did, I'd be wrong. But also because, (laughs) like we said, like when multiple people are seeing the same thing, and especially the one in 1977 where there are two different accounts relatively close to each other, saying about the same thing, that definitely raises some red flags and interest for me. Now for the people, the guy who said he was seeing it on a thundercloud, you know, grain of salt, in my opinion. And then the people Mm -hmm. who said they were smoking in Canada and saw something, like, again, in my opinion, grain of salt. But I I feel like I'm like you. I want to believe that things are out there and that things did survive extinction and that something like this could happen. But like I said earlier, with the environmental impacts and all that stuff that we've had as of late, I don't see something surviving above ground for this many years past right. extinction. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's a great conclusion that we can, we can come to, especially for the Thunderbird. Um, so thank you so, so much for being on the first episode. Of course. Um, and everybody make sure to go and follow her um, so you can stay skinty during this quarantine. <laughs> um, or if you're not in quarantine anymore, but still staying skinty or just being <laughs> fit, having fun, um, or just going to look at some really aesthetically pleasing posts and stories. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much, Kayla. Of course. There is a really good segment on the History Channel show called Unexplained with the amazing William Shatner. And they have a bunch of cryptozoologists, scientists, and even an Indian chief that discuss the amazing Thunderbird. It's on the History Channel website, so go check it out. They talk about many other cryptids that I will surely be covering in other episodes, so don't panic. So, what do you guys think? Are there really Thunderbirds out there? It would mean so much to me if on Apple Podcasts you could leave us a review. It's a great way for other people to find the show and maybe even join the Weird Club. And if you would like to become a member of Weird Club and come on the podcast even, go to the Instagram page and fill out the little questionnaire there. It's in the bio. Thanks! One week from today, we will be covering a cryptid that lives in the swamps of South Carolina and likes to chew on cars. That's right, the Lizard Man. See you next week.
This episode was written and hosted by me, Josh, with logo design by Jason Zykes and theme music from purpleplanet.com.